Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I try to do a little, I don't know what that's called when you go like from one key to the next key. It's just, just called saying, you know, like, what is that? You know, I mean, I'm, gonna... I'm trying to dig into my sixth grade band knowledge. <laughs> uh, riffing, uh, chord progression. <laughs> Ooh, maybe it's chord progression. Hey guys, it's Tiffany. Happy Leo season, you guys. Yes. Leos are in full effect. Stand yes, up, is. get your attention. Yeah, Superman's birthday is like we crave uh, this Saturday, and I'm like, yikes! I have not gotten him anything. Any actually, any suggestions? Um, Amazon is, is still an option. Why do I feel like every year it's the same story with you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you is. and my husband can talk because I know that fool. I actually made my own birthday reservation. Classic Leo slash control freak. <laughs> so we're we're going to Portugal for our, for a two week vacation. I'm so excited. Um, so it just awesome. happens to be around my birthday, and he just doesn't. Mm, like he'll do he'll make a plan but it won't be until like two days before we go and i know that the best restaurants will get booked and activities need to be planned in advance so like on the down low sometimes i do i plan my own thing just in case he yeah. drops the ball yes so this time like, what really make those kind of leos because i'm like <laughs> superman not, i'm like what what kind of leo is that that is not superman <laughs> A powerful he, control freak, yes. Yes, he is not. I'm like, uh, that sounds more like me. Um, and he is more super chill. Like, what else? No, but I'm the like, Leo thing is that I'm upset at him for me needing to do this. I want him to have planned this fabulous thing for me and like be so in love with me that he has done all this planning. Well, and that I'm, is that is very Leo. Yeah, I'm mostly like doing it. it so I can be mad at him for not doing it. <laughs> yeah, sounds Does that about make right. sense? Okay. Yes. Yeah, sounds okay. about Leo. All right. <laughs> And to be truthful, I mean, if I'm like, you know, I'm giggling, but honestly, Superman is the type to have bought my gift a month in advance and all that kind of stuff. Truthfully, if I think about it, and I'm the person who's like, so it's Thursday, tomorrow's his birthday, you know, so I could see that he's not a super planner planner, but when it comes to gift giving and stuff like that, he he definitely is a advanced type of uh, person where I'm like, ah, it's tomorrow. I think also Leo's want to be admired. So like. Being a great gift giver, it's almost like when we give gifts that are amazing, we know people will think they're amazing, that we're amazing. So really, it's all about us in the end. Uh, happy birthday to him, though. 
I know. I'm like, I still don't know. I, I asked him what he wanted, and he was like, I don't need anything. We have the house. We have each other. I'm like, please, miss me with the BS, because every time you say that, <laughs> and then I adhere to it, you are weeping on your birthday or whatever, <laughs> because I don't care, quote unquote. So I got to figure something fast, because his birthday... I still have enough time that anything I order from Amazon will be here on time. I just don't know what to get. That's right. Last year it was the mini fridge, right? Yes. Whew, that, and that was Christmas. Because oh, remember Christmas. we were okay. exchanging so- love <laughs> for Christmas and I took it seriously and I was like, wait, what? So we're not exchanging love? Because he came with his <laughs> surprise gift. And so I had to do the whole 52 fake out like, psych, your gift was just delayed because, you know, Christmas mailing, it'll be here tomorrow as I raced upstairs to pray that I could get something like delivered the next day. And it was. And he was so excited. Like, oh, I thought you forgot. I'm like, sir. I did not forget. I was adhering to the we're exchanging love for Christmas, but guess that was a lie. Um, so I know the whole don't give me anything for my birthday is not true. I just don't know what to get because it's hard to unearth what he really means. Well, what for Enrique's birthday this year, I got him. I got all of his, I got a handful of his good, like best guy friends to come over to the house and surprise him with like a cookout. And I got him all the ingredients for his, like the hamburgers and the hot dog buns. And I arranged everything really nice. All he had to do is like grill it. And that was, that came off really well. Oh, well, you apparently know his, tw- you know, cause you know, um, Superman has a twin. So apparently, you know, his twins girlfriend, because that's what she's doing. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. There's two of them. So you got to compete. I know. Mm. So they're actually doing that at our house. She's like, oh, let's do that. I was like, oh, great. So that's not going to. So now I really got to get him something because people will be over. So, um, you know what, though? But it gives me a good idea. I think what I'll do is because he loves going to like the race car. What is that place called? Raceway? Something. Not Raceway. Um, pole position. That's what it's called. It's like bumper. Not bumper car. Oh, God. I did that one time and I almost died. Yeah, it's fun. And so I think I'll just like do that for him and like a bunch of his friends. They could go on Sunday. I think he'd really enjoy that. Like just say, hey, here's a day. Here's like, you know, your favorite place to eat. Here's like a gift card for that. And then like whatever, you know, five races or whatever on me or something. I think that'll be good. Because I feel like what he's really saying is he doesn't want a, he doesn't want stuff. I think that he would enjoy that experience, though. I mean, whatever an eight-year-old would enjoy, they pretty much love. (laughs) Exactly. Although I can't hate on things like video games. Apparently somebody won $3 million playing that Fortnite game the other day. $30 Oh, I heard three. The maximum prize was $30 I don't know if anyone's actually won that, but I saw like in the news it was like the maximum prize was. I heard some some boy named Kyle. Congrats, Kyle. Won $3 million. I cannot say I've done any more research into it than just to – nod my head and say, well, his parents really doubted him and they're probably like eating their words right now. That, you know, that's amazing. I, just, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'd want my husband to be, you know, that invested in a game. Would it be worse, you know, never seeing him and the imprint of his derriere on the couch? You know how gamers do, like sitting down for hours yes. playing those games. I don't know if it's worth $3 million, but that's exciting. Yeah, it is, but it's crazy. I remember there was a, um, a kid when I was in high school that was like super, super into games so much so that he would like beat them and critique them. So he started like emailing, like, you know, whoever made the games, like all of his critiques so much so that they actually hired him and he put that money up and he saved it for college. So there's that. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Cause he was like, so, I mean, I, I guess it was more so he was really into, um, uh, not, not engineering, but like really into like, 
development. Yeah. So he was like, well, why is it like this? And this should do this. And so he would literally write all these emails. So I can only imagine like how awesome is that for like the gaming company to have like your ideal customer tell you exactly what's wrong and to fix it. So yeah, they started paying him and sending him things ahead of time. And he started like, you know, giving his feedback and he said he wanted to be a video game like developer. I don't know if that's what he ended up doing, but I know he made good money for college. So I remember his mom was like, I mean, hey, if you're going to play games, this is the way to do it. Right. That sounds like a career to me. You know, they have like camps now for that reminded me of those people on YouTube who play video games and like they have so many fans that they make money from it. And they also like critique video games and just talk about them or whatever. And like there was this thing on the news about YouTube camps, like instead of sending your kid to like science camp or whatever, kayaking camp, what, what, what do kids go to? Robotics camp. There is like you can learn how to be a YouTube star at camp yes. now. Well, you know, there's a there was a young um, a girl. I forget where she's from. I was she from China. She just bought eight years old. Just bought an eight million dollar house because she's a YouTube star. And apparently, <laughs> I, I was like, That's "What? But I'm clearly in the wrong profession." I mean, an eight million dollar house. Yeah, no, no. Six year old South Korean YouTuber Borum buys eight million dollar property. Can you imagine? Well, Korea and China are like a whole other level with like their their YouTube and social media stars. They have like these apps where people just, yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's next level. And I just eight years old, eight. And mm. there's that kid, um, Ryan's, you, um, how do you like, it's a young kid. He, permission? He, he makes like $20 million. Yeah, of course. Oh, the yeah. kid who plays with toys. Yeah. Ryan yeah. something. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I've heard of him. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I always look at Supergirl. Like, I mean, what are we doing with all this cuteness? You're wasting right? it. You're wasting it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're over here dancing to musically. We need you to get on this YouTube and dance. <laughs> but then it's like, what kind of message are you sending? And I mean, I, I, it's it's to me, it's like it's oh, that world of like social media. It's almost like you're shoving them into it, you know, with commenters, yeah. and it takes so much adult supervision to do it in a uh, safe way that you really, as a parent, need to be available for that. Um, yeah. And I don't think I'd want. I mean, here's the thing: only if like my kid was really wanting that and it was interested in that because I, I mean, I suspect there's some kids that are like, I love this, but I feel like you're right. I don't, I wouldn't want to push a kid into, cause m- money is not everything. Obviously we see so many wealthy people who are not happy and ultimately, you know, you, you want a happy kid and a happy, a teenager and a happy adult. And that, that should be paramount above all else. I, there are some kids that I have seen who really enjoy whatever kind of profession that they've already started for themselves. There's this little girl that I know that like, like loves like all things Instagram and like, mommy, take my picture and post it and share, you know, share her outfits and stuff like that. And i just hope that when she no longer loves it, her mom is willing to be like, well, okay, we don't have to do that anymore. Right. She's not getting too used. And if you're a parent, like you're not getting too used to the extra income, like you're putting yeah. that away in a savings account for the kid or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, all my friends have different rules with, they all, and I just nod my head because each of them thinks that their rule is the best rule on how much TV time and how much phone time and is it okay and is it not okay. I mean, I'm a product of a TV babysitting situation. Like the TV was my babysitter <laughs> yes. and hours and hours of the worst yes. TV. I, I mean, every show. And look at me now. Look at me. It's fine. <laughs> like I look at like um my baby sister, Lisa. She, for some reason, she loved Oprah. We would put her in the swing. Crank. This is when they had crank swings. Crank it up, like turn the, the crank on the side <laughs> and then put her in front of Oprah. It was the only thing that for sure made her stop crying. Well, I like, just put her in front of Oprah. I mean, and Lisa's fine-ish. 
Right? <laughs> Honestly, the rule is like whatever is this recipe that makes them not cry. That's it, literally. And poor, poor my sister, um, Carol, the one with the two kids, her, her daughter, Amelia, was p- golfing in the house, apparently. Um, and, and her swing was a little bit too strong. She broke the TV. Her, oh, my her, God. Um, well, like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, she had those little plastic golf golf club. It's not like a real, you know. So yeah. she broke the TV. It was like, oh, my goodness. Mom. Meanwhile, she's only two. But, of course, two-year-old girls can speak like 40-year-old men. Oh, my goodness, Mommy. I'm so sorry. I broke the TV. And she was like, her sister was like, oh. And then here she goes, oh, does that mean no more Daniel Tiger? No more Bubble Guppy? Started listing all her favorite shows. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know this? <laughs> Wait, with that kind of swing, she could be the next baby Tiger, Tiger Woods. I know. So my sister was like, you know what? No TV. Well, obviously it's no TV for a while. So they came over today and Roman, her brother was like, Amelia broke the TV. She just looked at him like, first of all, snitch. <laughs> Nobody asked. <laughs> so, you know, this, and she was like, it's good because it's, she doesn't want to train the kids to need TV. So yeah. they're living without it for now. That's fine. That's good. Just, you know, I'm not saying that my childhood was the way to do it. No offense to my mom and dad, but, uh, you know, it, it worked out just fine just fine what else is happening in in your world you said you were in atlanta this weekend i was honestly i had a very i feel like i had a super atl weekend okay do tell i feel like you go back to atlanta more than i do sometimes yeah i actually was um i used to go to atlanta a lot but i've not been traveling as much but um i went to atl to um um usher has a nonprofit called new look and the focus is um teenagers um, well, some of them are like in their in their early twenties, but um, basically, young people trying to give them access to tools and resources they need to really achieve their goals. So, um, resources like education, it, they take them sometimes to like New York. If you want to be a business owner, connecting you with other business mentors. So, it really, just what do you, what tools and resources do you need? Let's put you in front of them. So. They had this wellness segment where it was like four of us, and we each did a um, like a te- like a TEDx like talk, and then a panel. It was really dope. So when they reached out to me, I was like, like the Usher, Usher, okay. So I went to Atlanta. The first day was kind of like some VIP day. The second day, I did Sister Circle TV, which is very Atlanta, an awesome um, morning show. Yeah, they're so nice, honestly, like so nice. Um, then the next day, I actually spoke at you know the New Look. Um, like panel. And then the next day I did, I actually went to old lady gang. So that's like, if you guys watch, um, real housewives of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. one of the women, her name is candy, you know, um, escape that, um, it's like the girl group escape. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So candy, um, she is on real housewives of Atlanta and was part of the girl group escape. So her mom and her aunts have a have a restaurant called Old Lady Gang because I guess she used to call her mom and her aunt the Old Lady Gang, <laughs> and it's O L G. When I tell you the food is so good, it is so good. It's very, it's like Southern, you know, uh, soul food. So good the food. Um, and then I I did CNN on Saturday, which was so epic. I I didn't even realize like what because I had done like CNN locally where they were just basically like put your camera on in your office and just like, make sure you look decent from the waist up. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know why I thought it was going to be like that, but it was like, no, it was a near epic, amazing, beautiful studio. So it was a very Atlanta weekend because CNN, I, I guess their headquarters, at least one of them is, um, is in Atlanta. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And sometimes my business trips are literally, I'm just in and out. Like, for example, when I go to LA to take the real, 
I literally land the night before, eat something, practice a billion times, wake up at like 4 a.m. I'm on set by five. I tape by like seven. And then as soon as I'm done, they're literally like, here's your suitcase, get out. (laughs) (laughs) So most of the business trips, I don't really get to like marinate. So this one was nice because although I did a, a number of things, it was only one thing a day. And I got a chance to like see my COO Karen and go to old lady gang. And, you know, I just got a chance to like enjoy myself a little bit more. And Andrina came with me, my publicist and my bestie. She hates when I say that. Oh, well, but she's like, it's not professional. I'm like, whatever, girl. We know. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was just a lot of fun. It was just an ATL. It just had a really good energy. I was like, look at, look at Atlanta, something about it. Like, I mean, I, I never noticed it before, but it was just a lot of great energy. The, the kids were awesome. The speakers were awesome. So I had a good time. Anything else? Should we move on? Yeah. We can move on. I'm like, you know, I'm sure hopefully we'll have some big news soon. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I don't know why I'm being so creepy. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> Now it's time for questions. My favorite part of the show, because you guys ask, honestly, like such great questions. And I love that there's variety. Remember, you could ask us about life, about love, money, career. You could ask us anything. And um, we are here to answer as best as possible. We are not professionals. I mean, we're professional, but not professional, like, you know, psychologists and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we'll do our best to give you our best advice. Oh, very bestest advice. Yeah, so let's see. We have a couple of questions today. Um, So this question actually gave me, I feel like it's a kindred, a kindred spirit. Her name is Jilly, and I think that she is going through the same kind of like money mentality issues that you and I have both talked about. So Jilly's question, which is extremely long, I'm going to try to succinctly summarize it. So here's, Julie, here's Jilly's story. She says, I am 36 and I currently make about $120,000 a year. I don't have kids or car debt. Look at you. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I max out my 401k. I do have a little bit of credit card debt and some student loans, but I'm fairly stable financially. Despite that, I can't shed the need that I have to have a large financial cushion over using my money in other ways. And I've created this cushion by having four four different checking and savings accounts with an emergency fund, a short-term account. All in all, I'm saving 20% of my income every month between my 401k and these other accounts. In spite of this, I still feel very uncomfortable when the balance of my checking account falls below $2,000. Seeing anything over $2,000 gives me the shakes. I know this is because I grew up in poverty and I haven't yet managed to share to shed this survival mindset. Is $2,000 in my checking account too much or too little? If so, what is that right amount? How much should I keep in my regular primary account on a regular basis? And should I give up some of that cushion so I can start investing? Thank you so much for reading, Jilly. 
Jilly, you're illy and chilly. <laughs> no, um, so, honestly, Jilly, you sound like me. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's Jilly right? is us, honestly. She is at a certain point, yes. Um, well, here's the thing. I, I, I can't say because, like, if you were Oprah, I might be like, girl, $2,000 is not enough. So I, I would have to know what your – I like to keep my bill money in my checking account. So before the month starts – I transfer from well, well, Superman because what we, we live off his uh, his money for bills and then save and invest mine. But so every pay period he transfers. Um, we we know the math. Let's just say for the sake of math, our bills are two thousand dollars a month. So he would transfer a thousand dollars per paycheck to our our checking account for bills. So that's how I kind of gauge how much should be in my checking account based upon like I know I've got two thousand dollars worth of bills. I need to put that amount in there and I don't like to leave it at zero. So maybe it might be 2,200 just so there's a little bit of a buffer. Um, I'm an over saver in a savings account versus a checking account. I, what, this is what I've done just in general to help you get over or figure out what to do. Cause it sounds like you feel like, and I, I'm here too, that you've taken yourself as far as you can take yourself. You might want to get a financial planner cause you sound like you're doing great and you just wanted to elevate to the next level and be able to woosah so you don't have to make all the choices like based upon your current knowledge. I mean, it, it might be time to um to to look for a financial planner, a financial advisor. Mandy has a dope one, Helen. I just found a dope one, Angelie. Shout out to Angelie because she said she listened to the podcast because she said she wanted to get to know me better. I'm like, Angelie, this is why you're dope. Okay. Um so, um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like, in, in, like the overall, my suggestion would be is to one, you know, maybe just have enough for the next couple of weeks to a month's worth of bills, um, in, in your checking. And then, um, two, have at least three months worth of savings in like a, a savings account just for an emergency fund. And then anything above that, I, I would, I would suggest, you know, um, investing so you could grow your money, but but and having someone to guide you in that, I think, is going to be just a good thing. Yeah, she mentions. I mean, I didn't read the whole question. She mentions that she has regu- a regular therapist, but obviously, your therapist can help you with maybe the psychology behind why you feel like you need to hoard money, or hoard's a very strong word, but hang on to your money. Um, but you know, obviously, they don't have the financial professional certifications that a financial planner would have or an investment advisor. So I I second what Tiffany's saying. And you can consider them like your, your financial therapist in a lot of ways because they can help you see the logic behind the decisions that you're making in a way that, you know, helps you get past the emotions. Um, and she also mentions, I skipped over this, she has two years of her monthly expenses saved Ooh, in cash. Mm-hmm, in cash. Jilly, you're my twin. Jilly, <laughs> we need to stop. Jill, we need to be stopped. That's a lot. <laughs> it my, is. my little brother actually called me last night to ask me how much he should save. And I told him, I said six months at least or whatever you're comfortable with. But um, I mean, two years is fine. But just like stop the madness. You don't need to continue. Once you've got that two years saved up in cash. I, and, you know, let's see. She said she's making 120K. If she's saving 20% of that a year across all her accounts, it's like 24K. Um. If you have got that two years in your savings account saved up, I think at that point you stop funneling all your money there and it's good that you're in a high yield online bank account. That's great. But yeah. it might it probably makes more sense for you um, to be investing in outside of your 401k even opening up a brokerage account or opening yes. up an IRA at least. She mentions that her job doesn't even match her contributions to her 401k. So that to me says all the more reason why. Um, open up, yeah. Yeah, open up your own investment account and start 
saving, you know, if you're saving right now, you say five to 10% or sorry, 10% in your emergency fund, just shift that over to your investment fund. You know, unless you need to tap into your emergency fund, you'll have that money there and that should give you peace of mind. Um, And also like, you know, you're 36 now, that's not, you still have so much time ahead of you as an investor. Um, And I hate to see you missing out on potential gains. Yes, um, Jilly, we're losing money, Jilly. I'm not even here to judge you because when I tell you you are literally my soul sister, I've got yeah. about two years worth of, of savings as well. I, you know, all my debt is paid off. I, I mean, I... But Tiff, you... But see, that's the difference is like you're an entrepreneur. Like you have... You're all in with your business. And I think entrepreneurs, like it makes sense to even have more than the average Joe. Like, okay. you know, salary or whatnot. And, and, and I think that's like a, a piece of the puzzle too, is what, what job are you in? What industry are you in? And I think like, if you're, you know, if you're a nine to fiver who has the potential for things like unemployment benefits or severance packages, if you were to be let go, you know, that's something to be considered too. Um, and don't you feel like most people advise with entrepreneurs, people who are self-employed to have even more than the normal, yes, you know, person sure. saved away. And plus you have a family, she doesn't. Um, house doesn't seem like she has a house, you know, well, you don't have a mortgage, but you know what I mean? Like house expenses and stuff. It's a little, everyone's situation is like a, a little bit different. Two, yeah. two, two years still. But I do like know that lot. I am a, because I, here's the thing I'm saving from a place of fear. That's how you know that something is off. I'm not saving from a place of like, oh, I'm being responsible to the, like, if you let me go, Mandy, I would have 10 years worth of saving. I'd be like, a million dollars. <laughs> Like I would. <laughs> so I knew that. And when we had, if you guys have not listened to our episode with Helen, she was amazing. Um, um, Mandy's financial planner, but it kind of clicked when Helen came on and I was like, okay, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not managing my money. Smart. Like I know this. It's almost like, you know, when you're like, mm, I don't really need this pizza and this cookie and this ice cream, gonna eat it anyway. So I knew that. And that's why I said I asking for help. And I just, what, what switched, like the switch that switched on was like when you were like, you're able to have this outside party, Helen, to say, yes, Mandy, the thing you're feeling is, is, is right. Go ahead and pay that off. Or like, mm, actually, here's some choices that might be better. I just said, I know I needed someone to kind of intervene because if not left to my own devices, I was going to continue to have this fear-based mentality when it came to my money. And I was tired of it because I knew, I know as a financial educator, I'm losing so much money, especially now that I'm, I'm earning more. It's one thing to like, oh, two, $300 in savings is when you're starting to get thousands of tens of thousands of dollars that are not doing anything. I've lost, I'm losing so much money year after year. And I'm like, because of my fear. So I just don't want you, Jill, to, to fall into this trap of like, saving from a place of fear and worry, like having someone to kind of talk to about it and, and someone that you know that you can trust um, is going to just be a, a great space to kind of like re- release that anxiety and know that you're making the right decision with your money in conjunction to somebody else's like like advice. So, yeah, so that's helped a lot. Um, I, I should have mentioned that me and um, Superman, we had our first meeting with Angeli last week, uh, Mandy, and it went so well, like, she just was really like, you know, she was great. Just understanding, listening. I love the fact that she actually listened to the podcast so she could get to know me better. Um, she asked like a lot of great questions. We're in the collection mode. So we're gathering all of this stuff that we need to give her so she gets a full and complete picture. Superman is fully on board. And um, we're both just excited that we're we're finally going to move past the stage. So 
So I'm right right there with you, Jill. I just like what I want for myself is what I want for you to to move past, um, you know, this need for like this is the only way for me to be safe to realize that you can be safe and grow at the same time. I couldn't have said it better. All right, Jilly, thank you so much for your question. Let's take one more question. This one comes from uh, Instagram user at Shira Banks. Okay, this is actually a question. I love people asking questions for their sisters and their their friends. You guys are good good friends and siblings. So um, at Shira Banks has a question about her sister who's just purchased a car, my favorite topic. Car loan help. She says, my sister purchased a $12,000 car. With the interest, the loan is now at $17,000. But the car is only worth $7,000, according to Kelly Blue Book. What do mm. we do? Do you recommend refinancing? What happens if we give the car back? Does she still owe the full balance on the low, on the loan? First, Mandy sounded the alarm about this on the podcast. And now Elizabeth Warren is telling us these types of car loans are like the mortgages that collapsed our economy the last time. Please help a sister out. Thanks. Oh, my least and favorite most topic, most favorite topic, car debt. This stresses me out. It's so hard because like, so the, you know, this can happen. So if you buy a car from a dealership, one that isn't maybe the most reputable is overinflating the price of cars. You can walk away easily with a car loan that's worth more than the value of your car, right? So it sounds like your sister might have purchased either she purchased the car and it was worth less than the loan at the time, which means she doesn't do her research to find the real value of the car. Or it's just that the car was worth what it was worth, you know, worth of the value of the loan when she got it. But the interest rate, maybe because her credit was too um, low, or she didn't have enough of a down payment, the interest rate she got was so high, that rapidly the loan swelled to be way more than the value of the car, which could have been the case as well. Um, either way, yes, you need to take, when you take out a loan for that amount, even if the car value is down, you still are on the hook for that debt. So there's no easy, there's no easy answer here. Um, a couple of options. Could she refinance? Yes. And then I would say if her, if she got the loan, you know, at one of those buy here, pay your, pay here lots, she probably walked away with a double digit interest rate loan very easily. Um, if her credit's improved, or even a little bit, she could go to like a credit union and try and refinance. Um, She might have trouble though refinancing if the value of the car is less than um, the amount of debt she's trying to refinance. That's like the one caveat. Yeah. Another thing she could try and just sell the car for more than the 7,000 it's worth and hope that someone will pay for it. But I mean, that's hoping a lot. I think a lot of people out there buying cars from Craigslist or Facebook or things like that are savvy enough to do their research and just like you did and look it up on Kelly Blue Book, um, you know, to find out what it, what the what the value is. So it's 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 hard. There's no easy there's no easy answer. Yeah, and, and honestly, sometimes here's the thing: you're not gonna. She's not gonna be financial. No one's financially perfect, meaning that you don't make any financial mistakes. Nothing ever goes wrong. It's one of those things that sometimes like you know, a mistake is made. Like Superman bought some car. When I met him, his car payment was nearly $900 a month, $900. And, and his co-signer was his ex-girlfriend. I'm like, Oh, even better. How awesome. Right. Um, and, um, he ended up having to, um, 
well, after a little bit of pressure, he he surrendered the car basically. But he still had like whatever they gave him from the car, he still I think owed like five thousand dollars on it. Um, so basically, he had no car but a five thousand dollar car payment. And so that was just it was five thousand dollars was the price he had to pay for a mistake that he made. But nobody dies. You know, like you learn and then you do better for next time. And the next couple of cars he bought, he bought cash and he's never done that again. So it's one of those things where, you know, follow Manny's advice, share with her, do the best that she can. And then with that, it's just knowledge that she takes with her and can do better for next time. Yeah, I wish there was an easier answer, but it is just it's a bad it's a bad situation. Um, And hopefully she gets to a place where she can pay that loan off. All right. Well, thank you very much for your question. Again, you guys can hit us up on Instagram at Brian Ambition Podcast on the gram or at by email at Brian Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. Well, I have a question real quick. I need two things. I mean, I feel like the listeners are super savvy. Uh, my husband was cleaning like one of our glass doors and he like scratched it. What is like the best scratch, whatever, <laughs> removal for glass? And then second... We have like this beautiful door and the mirror is old. You know, like the old mirror, how the old mirrors are kind of like, it's like co- different colors or whatever because the mirror is old. I don't want to take the mirror out. Um, is there like a solution for that? I feel like you guys are super savvy. Somebody in here knows. So, you know, you can always um, at me at the Buttonista. I love your feedback because you guys are always adding me anyway. So, yes. One, how do I get these scratches out? And then two... Any way to like fix like an old mirror or we just kind of stuck with this old mirror before we like, like I really don't want to get rid of this door because it's like, who wants to pay an extra hundred, couple hundred bucks for that new door when I could just update the mirror. Those there's things, a mirror in the door? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, you know, our house was built in 1920 and then I guess it went through a renovation. It seems like like in the early 1900s as well. And so there's like this in the guest bedroom there's a door. We have a Jack and Jill like um, walk-in closet, and one of the doors has a mirror like embedded into it. But it's not the kind of mirror that you could be like, oh, like with the little plastic thing that holds it up. It's actually embedded into the door, but it's like discolored. And I'm like, I don't. Basically, we'd have to like get rid of the door. And it's a beautiful, full, like solid wood door, and I don't want to do that. So I'm just trying to think: is there something I could do to like update the mirror a little bit, bring back the color? I don't know, girl. This house, I'm like, I both love it. And I'm like, girl, we don't need any more surprises with your old self. Because your older houses, even after renovations, are like, oh, you thought? (laughs) I think they call that character. Yes, they do. And I mean, there's days when I'm like, oh, I love your house. And other days I'm like, are you kidding me? So, you know, we're we're in the mix. I'm, I'm mostly not traumatized because we're finally starting to get, my couch came in today. We have like all the major big furniture in the house for the most part. And so I'm starting to feel more homey, but then the AC is not working, which is like delightful, especially since we're in a heat wave. Um, so there's just one of our tiles is loose. I don't know what happened. Somebody already scratched the wood floor in the living room. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so you let know, it go. You have to just let it go. This house is not here for you. It's, not. it's going to test your patience in every it single is. way. It is. I'm like, you, you want everything to be perfect because you know you moved in. Everything was so perfect. And, and all the like, money, right? All the money. <laughs> you're, you're like, what is this spot? Who left the spot on the counter? Yes. Everyone like Superman and Supergirl are both looking at me like I'm crazy because in, in our old apartment, I am far from a neat freak. I'm like, whatever, girl. You know, but now because like we're in this house, I'm like, I find myself wiping everything, cleaning everything, scrubbing everything. And Superman is like, I like this, Tiffany. I'm like, whatever. 
<laughs> now you understand our parents when they were like, when you pay the bills, you'll understand, you know? Yes, I totally do. So. Now it's time for booster break for all the family. Will you boost? Will you break? What will it be? Mandy. I like that. Um, I'm going to break today. I need a break from these student loan scam phone calls. Something, Something has happened this summer where I feel like I'm getting at least two or three calls a day. A day. And what's creepy to me about these calls is that they sound so realistic. Like they just, you know, most scam calls, sometimes it's a giveaway if their grammar is bad or they have an accent. No offense to anyone who has accents, but sometimes with scammers, they can be overseas. And that can be an indication that you're not talking to someone who knows what they're talking about. Especially when they say things like, we're part of a new government student loan forgiveness program. Or did you know that, you know, there's a program that you can apply for to to modify your student loans and get a lower rate? Like, and these people just sound like little Susie Q from Pennsylvania um, or, you know, whatever, just regular. Co- I, I really want to know who these people are, how they get this job. And do they even know that they are working for a company that's not legitimate? Because they, I mean, I'm, I almost want to just play you guys one right now. I won't do it because, you know, we don't have enough time. But um, anyway, if you get these phone calls and they sound legit, I don't even have student loan debt, so I can easily ignore them. But I can, because they sound so realistic, I just know people must be falling for this, at least to the point where they call them back, you know. But just know that any federal forgiveness, student loan program, or anything with the U.S. government um, that they're talking about you have to sign up or pay for, like pay another company to enroll you in, is completely bogus. Of course, the U.S. government will make it totally available to everybody to sign up on their own without paying to sign up. All you have to do is often call your loan servicer to get enrolled in these programs, you know, public service loan forgiveness or income-based repayment plans. Those programs are 100% available. Don't, Don't pay anybody to do it for you. It's it's not cool. And definitely don't call back these scammers when they call you because they're legit firing up for the summer. Yes. Ooh, I feel like my phone my phone is always ringing and I'm like, what now? You know? Yes. It's either that or it's like IRS. But something about the summertime, they must know people are like planning for college or just graduated with debt or something. But it, it's it's insane. Well, it's funny. We must be on the same accord because I, too, am going to break. Uh, my break is going to be, so I moved into this great neighborhood where I live in Newark, and there's an association. I was super excited to join it, but it, they're a little bit, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to figure out the word, whatever. They're a little bit elitist. And um, so they sent out an email the other day. They're sending out an email like, hey, lost dog, or hey, somebody's truck, or whatever. So I was reading this email. So I'm on the, if you have the, do you have the ring app um, or the ring, uh, Mandy, at your house? Mm-mm. We have the Nest. Oh, the ring. Oh, the Nest. Okay. So it's similar. So, you know, ring is like digital video doorbell. So you can see everything that happens, kind of like it happens in front of your house. So uh, I noticed maybe like a few weeks ago um, that because when you have the ring, you, you join something called like next, next door where people can share their ring videos of someone has stolen a package or whatever. So these two little girls, one can't be more than like seven, 
max. And the other one, who's clearly her sister, looks maybe 10. And so apparently, I guess they've been rifling through people's mail, but it was like during when school was still in session. They clearly look like... I don't I don't want to say homeless, but they look like they're having a hard time because what seven year old and and a 10 year old rifles through mail and then rings your doorbell and asks if you have any work so they can make money. So anyway, I saw that next door and um, people were rightfully so dragging the person that posted like, why are you posting these children? You know, this is not like you know, an 18 year old stealing your package, like something's clearly wrong. Seven year olds don't rifle through mail, you know? So I got an email from my, my association that I joined and they're already kind of on my last nerve because they're so particular. They, I literally, I'm like, I'm not going back to any more meetings. They had a meeting where they were like, basically snitch on your neighbor. If your neighbor is cutting their grass, tell, I'm like, who says that? Because Wait, it's a so historic is it, neighbor. So you have an HOA then? No, no, no. So or it's like is voluntary? Yes. You know, and that's the worst. You know, Ooh. people take themselves entirely too. Why would you voluntarily <laughs> sign up for that? So I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to be part of the association and get to know the neighbors. Yeah, right. So there's so much wrong where, you know, it's very judgy. Like, did you see House 221? I I don't know why they put that roof on. I'm calling the city. It's very much like I'm here to tell on you Mm -mm. and um, and telling your neighbors. And just it was just very judgy. So I was like, okay, I'm not coming back to the association meeting again. Some of the people individually are really nice. But on a whole, I wasn't loving it. Um, and so I got an email that when I tell you I was livid, livid, it was an email that said prowlers and mail thieves. And I'm like, what? So I read it and it says, Hey, two little girls, ages seven and 11, you know, um, please watch your, your, your mail. They've been rifling through the mail. But first of all, to, to describe a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old as a prowler, I, I was like, floored. And it was, um, you know, please watch out for them. They might be casing your house, a seven-year-old. And I was like, okay. And I was like, it can't get worse than this. So I'm still reading. And it was basically like, protect yourselves against them. Um, they, um, the script, they didn't have the picture, but I knew exactly what they were talking about because I saw it in the ring app. Um, complexion, um, um, light brown, looked to be biracial or Hispanic. Mandy, I flipped out. Oh, God. I was like, are <laughs> you serious? The neighborhood watch. Oof. I was like, are you serious? So I forgot what I wrote. And do what? Nice. Like, look out for them and do what? Like, a, a seven year old. This is not a 17 year old, 27, 30, a seven year old. So instead of the concern of, huh, why are these two little girls who should be in school during this time, why are they going through my mail? Are they okay? No, 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 no. Because apparently, because they might be Hispanic or biracial, these these are criminal. You are criminalizing a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. First of all, you ask yourself the logic of why would a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old rifle through your mail? They don't even have the sense to know. There's nothing they can get in there. Are you leaving cash in the mail? Like, are they going to deposit your check? You know? And so I was so livid. And I wrote something like, so that's what we're doing now. We're racially profiling seven and 10 year olds in a neighborhood. That's what I wrote them back. Like you should be ashamed of yourself. First of all, Mandy, we lit this neighborhood has a fundraiser for the stray cats, a fundraiser and a whole calendar. (laughs) And I was like, so there is more care for stray cats (laughs) than stray children. 
And I was like, this is disgusting. And I am disappointed. And so it, like, the reaction to a friend of mine who lives here too, she wrote them a much nicer letter. So I guess they actually wrote her back. And they were like, well, this is just like, I just gathered the things that the people from the neighborhood have sent us. We've already submitted into the police. It's their ha- in, their, in their hands. And she was like, that's not the issue. The issue is how you're describing these girls. There's no, like, it'd be one thing if you said, Two little girls, if anybody interacts with them, we have a social worker that can see what's wrong. You don't care what's wrong with children. I, I just, you care about stray cats. Child, when I tell you, I was like, I can't, you know what? I'm actually going to go to the next meeting because I'm going to light them up and then I'm never going to come back again. Well, don't put a I'm target gonna... on you back. Listen, these neighborhood associations, even like the informal ones, we have an informal one in our neighborhood too that we just, that we decided to join. Um, and I took issue with something they said in an email about a, a man in our neighborhood, apparently, you know how you can look up on apps and see where pedophiles live near you. Yes. And I guess someone was playing around with it and they found one in our neighborhood and they were holding a special meeting to discuss this man in the neighborhood. And I'm like, he's wow. like, okay, he has a criminal record. He's on this list or whatever, but like, what are you going to accomplish? You can't make him leave his house. You can't like kick him out. You know, and it seemed like, and it was just like, all oh, caps, the email, you know, sexual offender in the neighborhood. And it was just like very, infl- people are just, these people and these, you know, these associations, they get off on this kind of like drama. And I learned, you know, I, I sent my sassy email and like, <laughs> I sure did. I hit reply all and I stoked that flame. My husband was so mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't even <laughs> He's like, babe, man. they're going to come for us. They're going to complain about our construction for the house, yada, yada, yada. I, it's, okay, I won't. <laughs> it I can know, just... Because- I know it's hard, but it's, I'm just, war- that's just my warning. And it hasn't happened to us. You know, we did have that crazy neighbor who tried to complain about our construction, but didn't actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, neighbors are a beautiful thing. We have some great neighbors here, but just, have to, yeah. you don't, you don't and want I the said enemies. That. I'm like, yeah. And I thought about that too, because they are very much the ones to be like, let me look up your whole life and report on something you did in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know what? I, you're right. I'm not gonna, I already sent my sassy email. I think instead what I'm going to do is for form my own informal, like the people that I like in the neighborhood and not that we're going to form an association, but like just connect with the people that are actually like wanting to cr- create like a welcoming neighborhood because, you know, there's so many dope people in our neighborhood and they don't, they're not a part of the association and such a shame. And it's because of this judgmental like um, attitude. And um, I mean, when I say we have an, um, some amazing people, they don't even know. You know, like, I, for example, we were doing this uh, this fundraiser. So I was like, oh, I'm going to join the committee. So I said, hey, I have two organizations I know 100% will give money. You know, just give me the one pager and I'm going to reach out to the two of them. So they went over my head and reached out to one of the organizations. I'm not going to say the name. Reached out to one of the organizations and and only hit me up. And I, and I kept emailing like, hey, I didn't know that they had done this. I kept emailing like, hey, I never got the one sheet quiet until months later. They were like, hey your friend at the at your at that organization never wrote me back. I'm like, "What? You you messaged her directly? Why did why didn't you come through me?" Like that's, you know. And so, um she ended up calling me. It was like, "Hey, do you know these people?" And I was like, "Yes." And she was going to give double the amount. But because it went through him and she really didn't know, they got half of what she was willing to give. And the other organization didn't give anything even though my friend who worked there verbally promised me like um a good amount. And I just thought to myself, what in the hell, holy hell, like, I just don't, I don't get it. There's a I'm whole like, power hierarchy in these little associations. Yes. I'm telling myself, you. It's, it's a, he, they mm. don't even realize they missed out on the money, obviously, because, <laughs> you, know, you know, but I just thought to myself, 
you just, I mean, you literally missed out on thousands of dollars and you got a few hundred just so you could say you were the one that got it. And I'm like, okay. But then, you know, now they're calling to ask if I'm like, I'm not participating in any, I mean, I'm going to come to the event, but I'm not sitting on any more committees. I'm not, I'm not giving up any more connections. I'm just going to mind my black business, um, enjoy my house. And like, you know, like there's a bunch of my friends who live here. Thank God. But yeah, it just really like set me off because it's so crazy. Cause you know, before here, I lived in the halfway hood. People didn't behave like this. Like it was so much more welcoming, you know, which is so crazy. Isn't that crazy? That, that sounds like, about right. <laughs> like people were like, Based no on one has welcomed for real. And I'm just like, you know, this is supposed to be like the nicer, more fluent part of Newark. And I'm like, yeah, and but they feel real good about themselves. Yes. Versus like, were we living before? Like, I mean, the hood embraced us. Are you good? I mean, I never brought in groceries alone. Somebody's kid always did. I Whenever my lights were on in my car, someone always knocked on the door to tell us like, I mean, it was just so much more welcoming. I mean, I don't miss like, you know, the occasional gunshots, you know, in the, in, in, in the, in the distance, <laughs> but I'm just, some saying, people I, call that character, I know, but I do miss like the neighbors and how welcoming they are. But like, yeah, I mean, that's my, my, my Brown, I, my extra Brown. Actually, that's my black break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's people nodding their heads and like yelling at the, at the radio right now or their, at their cell phone right now who have experiences with their HOA or whatever condo association or co-op board, like, it's at, like sometimes, and it's, and we're lucky because we don't have like formal ones, but they can really ruin lives. Like there is that one guy who was sued for like millions of dollars because he built, he put like a flower bed and he had the audacity to plant some flowers in his yard. They have all these rules no. and stuff. Yes. There was that story. You guys need to uh, share, share your stories. You have, yes. do you have a story where you were do, minding your own business for the house you, at the house you paid for and your HOA or your co-op board or condo association took issue with it or a neighbor snitched you out tell us vent yes. it's a safe space tell us send ha- send us your sassy minding emails minding my, my brown business yes <laughs> or just like i don't know being in a suburbs while brown yes suburbs honestly, while black i feel like my, my yeah. burbing while brown right <laughs> yes yes oh this was awesome i'm glad i got that off my chest because i was feel I'm better so too because I was going to go into the next meeting and light them up. Like, yeah, now what? But I'm glad I didn't because you're right. They would have put a target on my back and I'd be like, Mandy, I'm under investigation. <laughs> you just can't underestimate. the. And if they're retired, ooh, they got all that free time <laughs> and the internet. They got resources at their fingertips. They got time to go to town hall and look you up. No, just be careful. Watch, yeah. watch your back. <laughs> Um, well, guys, that was an awesome show as per usual. Um, yeah, continue to connect with us. We love hearing from you guys on social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Honestly, you guys make our week. I feel like it just gets better and better year after year. Um, hopefully we have some fun and exciting things coming t- soon for y'all. Maybe some meetup s things, maybe some swaggy things. So, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. And I will see you guys on the other side of my vacation. (laughs) Arrivederci. Or however you say goodbye in Portuguese. I don't know. (laughs) 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.